0: It's time for School Rock School with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. You don't want to miss Michael Bolton. No, I don't. No, you don't. I have to play Michael Bolton. And for those of you out there who are thinking, oh, I'll reach for the channel-changing knob, don't. You want to hear this Michael Bolton song. We will song. break your hand. We will reach from the radio. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns, broadcasting out of my home studio, which is why we've got a touch of reverb on the microphones. Across the table from me here on a Friday night is my loving wife. What's your name, lady?
1: Well, the loving wife is Tammy Burns. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is, and always has been. It's Friday night, so again we're drinking. Now you've gone out of your way, and this is uh, something I praise you for, Earth woman. Uh, you've gone to a what is this? A craft brewery, I guess I it think would be. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, you've gotten me a porter here. I, porter is my favorite beer. So, And this thing is just wonderful here. This was done by a local brewery, and you have what, an ale over I there, I yeah, guess it would be? It's an ale.
1: It's like a, uh, let's see how much, 5.0% uh, by volume. Right, and Can this I one say is, that?
0: I think so. This one is 6.5, so I'm just a little hotter than you. Let's talk about what the topic will be today on Rock School. Most musicians did not have success with their first bands. Now, some did, obviously, Motley Crue forms and boom, they take off. However, a lot of the names you know did not take off with their first bands. Their first bands were of some modicum of success, which gets them into a bigger band and kaboom, that's the band that takes off. However, the first bands have recordings, And maybe even the big giant star who recorded didn't record under his or her own name. They were called something different. So wouldn't it be neat if a couple of radio jocks, i.e. you and me, got together and sort of brought together all of these early bands of people that you know but don't know them by these early bands and said, look, this is where they started, This is their first band. This is who they are before you knew them.
1: Is this how they made money?
0: Well, it's how they started. They made money after they became famous, but this is where they started. This is where they thought it was going to become the name that you would know, but it wasn't until the next band they became the name that you knew.
1: Okay, so they were like Bob the Builder or Fred the Painter, things like that? Right. Is that what we're looking at? And
0: then the next band, Kaboom. For example, you love David Coverdale, as does every woman, because of the hair. Exactly. Right. The lead singer Lion Deep Purple. Maine. Right. The lead singer Deep Purple. The lead singer Whitesnake. He was in a band called The Government. And if they had a hit, <laughs> oh, I say if they had a hit. It was Bang Bang My Baby Shot Me Down. If you remember oh, Nancy. Okay. Right, remember Nancy Sinatra's do, version of yes. it? Okay. Cher also did a version of it. Well, They did a version of it, and David Coverdale sang it. It says here, in 73, Coverdale saw an article in a copy of Melody Maker that Deep Purple was auditioning singers to replace Ian Gillian. Well, government had already opened for Deep Purple, so they knew the band, and up showed David Coverdale, sing, 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 and now he's in Deep Purple. But before becoming Deep Purple, he was in government and this was what the band sounded like
1: I want to hear it so
0: for an hour on rock school today who were they before they were them (laughs) that's a lot of pronouns here on rock school This is the Rock School Radio Show coming out of David Coverdale and the government. Bang bang, my baby shot me down. I like it. Not what you expect from David Coverdale. You expected, you know, white snake. Sly. Yeah, but he,
1: he has an excellent voice. So he does. I'm not disappointed.
0: And great hair, let's be honest. What about Lemmy from Motorhead? Uh-huh. Right. You expect, you know, the ace of spades. I do. I don't the even know if the guy of can
1: sing. Well,
0: singing is a a, a thought process. There was a 1960s English rock band from Blackpool called the Rockin' Vickers, ladies and gentlemen. Now, most people are going to say to me, no, no, he was in Hawkwind. Yeah, right. He was in Hawkwind before Motorhead, but before Hawkwind, there was... The Rockin' Vickers. What a name, huh? I know, ladies and gentlemen. He went by the name Ian Willis at the time, later of, like I said, Hawkwind. And he was the guitarist of The Rockin' Vickers. He didn't pick up the bass until he was in Hawkwind. So... What song did they sing? Well, Stay By Me. And again, it's one of these where, let's listen to it. It's going to be, you know, Stay By Me. I'm afraid (laughs) not. Here on Rock School. Stay by me. Rock School radio show. I'm going to try to do this. All right.
1: All right, I'm listening.
0: Okay, Billy Joel. Yep. Right? Now, Billy Joel obviously is a solo artist. When you say Billy Joel, you mean Billy Joel. Just him. Okay, here we go. Before Billy Joel became Billy Joel, Uh he was in a band called Attila, which was a heavy metal band.
1: No way.
0: Please, I beg you, look it up on Google so you can see Billy Joel in a giant fur-covered suit. It is a scream. Wow. Here it comes. Billy Joel founded The Echoes which did British Invasion covers, okay? When The Echoes became popular in New York, he leaves high school, drops out and becomes a professional musician. The Echoes begin recording in 65. He was hired by a guy named Snuff Garrett to play a piano for Bobby V. However, gets fired before anything happens. Fine. He then moves along and starts working for Kama Sutra Productions on recordings by a guy named Shadow Morton. He also plays on a demo version of Leader of the Pack which would become a hit for the Shangri-Las. Great. Lovely. He later then forms a band called The Hassles. Remember he was in The Echoes? They changed their name along with other people to The Hassles. They then changed their name again to The Emeralds, then changed their name again to The Lost Souls. Joel leaves the band in 1967 and signs with United Artist Records. Over the next year and a half, releases a few singles, a couple albums, under The Hassles, and off the cliff, the Go little on. puff of smoke that right. Riley Coyote makes a nothing. He and drummer John Small leaves the hassles in 1969 to form the duo Attila. And we're there. They release an epitomous <sighs> debut album in July of 1970 and this is the single from Attila.
1: Breathe.
0: It is called Wonder Woman. Ready? What? If you've ever thought about putting up the devil sign for Billy Joel... I I never have.
1: Well, I will. I now. will.
0: Here it is: Attila and Wonder Woman <laughs> on Rock School. Coming out of Billy Joel. Rock.
1: Rock on. Rock.
0: Heavy metal, Wonder Woman. So, let's move along. Here, I'm going to give you a name. You tell me if you know who this stage performer is. Vincent Fernier or Vincent Fernier. I'm not sure which way exactly I how to pronounce it.
1: Don't even, I don't think I've ever heard the name before.
0: Alice Cooper. Uh, no. Oh, no. No, really? You didn't know that was his I, real name? No, I didn't know. Yeah, Alice Cooper supposedly the name came... Would you like the, the actual answer or would you like the answer Alice Cooper likes to give?
1: The answer Alice Cooper likes to give.
0: Came from a Ouija board. I buy it. You Really? <laughs> Many people believe it came from either Gary Cooper and some other actress of the day because at the time Alice said it would be good to be androgynous i.e. the you know the singers of the day Alice a female's name yeah also there's a belief that on Mayberry RFD there was a a character named Alice Cooper I don't buy that as far as I could throw this table. Okay, but maybe there was. Maybe Maybe everybody's
1: hands was on the little Ouija board uh, thing, pushing the numbers. I mean, the the thing around to A L I C E, right? Could
0: be, could be. I don't. Again, I don't believe that as far as I could throw this table, but makes a good story and makes for something that a rock star could throw out there. Got to remember, Alice Cooper's first label was under Frank Zappa. And that's the kind of stuff Zappa loved. Zappa
1: probably made it up while having a beer. <laughs> I you don't, can see that no. happening. Zappa didn't drink. Oh, really? No, no. no.
0: While having a smoke, yes. But oh, drinking, no. Okay. This is a band he was in, i.e., Alice Cooper when he was Vincent, called uh, the Spiders. The uh, name of the song was "Didn't Blow Your Mind." And I had to look it up two or three times. What do you mean? Didn't I blow your mind? Didn't we blow your mind? Doesn't feel right, does it? No, there's no article in there. I think we need that. So it's just didn't blow your mind by the spiders. It's an early Alice Cooper. Take a listen. You'll hear the voice. Believe me, this one you can't miss here on Rock School. break here on Rock School. Here's one we're not going to play. Ted Nugent. Wasn't always just Ted Nugent.
1: Sweaty Teddy, huh? No,
0: great gonzos. It's Sweaty Teddy. No, he started out in a, a Detroit band called the Amboy Dukes. You probably have heard of them. They had a rather large hit called Journey to the Center of Your Mind.
1: No, I missed that one. No, you've not heard that? No, I don't think so. Oh, I can
0: play that for You're you in gonna the car. You're going to make me listen, aren't you? No, I can play that for you in the car. It's actually a very good song. It's about drugs, which, that, which Sweaty Teddy was really against. And uh, later in uh, his career, he was always asked about it. How can you not have known that that was about drugs? And he would always say, well, no, I thought it was about introspection, the concept of taking time out to sort of think about oneself and, and think about introspection and such. And uh, you know, I don't buy it either. But that's how he sort of spoke it away. The band's name, Amboy Dukes, comes from a novel by Irving Shulman. And in the UK, there was another band called Amboy Dukes. So when they sold the single, which was a real hit, when they sold it in the UK, it had to go under the name the American Amboy Dukes. Because again, interesting. A, right, a band in the UK was having success. The band, the Amboy Dukes, had a slew of changes. Personnel Changes, which was not good because Ted didn't sing the lead on the Amboy Dukes. In fact, some of Ted Nugent's biggest hits, he didn't sing the lead. Like Dog Eat Dog right. was not Ted Nugent. Who was it? Uh, it? was another guy and whose name escapes me. I'll look it up when we uh, play the one-minute break here. Uh, I'll tell you who the person is. But no, Ted Nugent did not sing some of his biggest hits. I'll tell you who that person was. So look for that. Amboy Dukes, Journey to the Center of Your Mind, and you'll hear the guitar work of Ted Nugent. Find out who's listening to us. I have WMCE, Erie, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening to the radio show. Who do you have?
1: And I have KRFY in Sandpoint, Idaho.
0: Spectacular. Get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute on Rock School. coming out of the break here on rock school we are talking about early early bands for people you absolutely know and by the way the person who sang dog eat dog and some of the other big ted nugent hits was Derek saint holmes which by the way i always thought sounded like a spinal tap guy it does yeah so how about this name do you know it steven Talarico?
1: uh steven Taller, steven tyler
0: steven tyler good for you no
1: i just i i've never heard that but Ste- i just kind of okay yeah, yeah there sense. was also
0: a belief system that he sang on walk away renee he never walk did so but away. just walk away renee right yeah he did not ever loving man by the group the chain reaction in 1966 is for sure Steven Tallarico, as in Steven Tyler. Now, he was still Steven Tylerico at that point in time. He was also playing drums. So, this is long before Aerosmith. He signed with Aerosmith in 1972. Keep an ear out. You can't miss it. Ready?
1: I'm ready. Sounds like this
0: on Rock School. was it Steven Tyler? <laughs>
1: it was Steven
0: Tyler. It was. No, he wasn't going and all that stuff he that he does. No, he
1: no, was it was all normal. And right. it was good. It was
0: good. Wasn't it surprisingly good. Now, because the songs are so short, we have time to sort of stick another one in before the bottom of the hour. Have you ever heard of the moving sidewalks?
1: Ah, uh, that sounds familiar mm-hmm. but maybe only at an airport.
0: Right? At an airport? Yeah. No, no, no. The 99th floor is a single by the Moving Sidewalks, which had on it guitarist Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons was a guitarist for Can You Do It? Had a long beard. Long beard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long beard. Yeah,
1: in, from Texas, right?
0: That little band from Texas. That
1: little trio from Texas, Can You right? Do It?
0: Last yeah. letter of the alphabet.
1: Uh, ZZ talk. That's
0: it. Good for you. It says here, and I don't know that this is 100% true, Jimi Hendrix, after hearing him with The Moving Sidewalks, dubbed him the next great guitarist to watch in a 1969 appearance on The Tonight Show. If that's true, it would have had to have been with The Moving Sidewalks because ZZ Top's first album did not come out until 1971. So either Hendrix saw The Moving Sidewalks or an extremely early, early, early version of ZZ Top. Also, and I'm going to say this, and early fans of ZZ Top or early fans of Billy Gibbons may very well look at me and go, no, 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 Joe, you don't have it. But I'm going to say this. The name of the song is 99th Floor. Right. Billy Gibbons was a huge fan of Rocky Erickson, who is in the 13th Floor Elevators. So it makes sense to me that 99th floor may be a tip of the hat to 13th floor elevators.
1: I would think so. Now,
0: again, I may be way out in left field on that, but I'm going to say it just in case there's something to it. But those of you who probably know this a lot better than I do may be looking and going, no, 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 you're wrong, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. Listen to the guitar. It is Billy Gibbons You're on Rock School sidewalks and one of the greatest guitarists around now it's the bottom of the hour my name is joe burns you are
1: i am tammy burns all
0: right let's do seven days and 70 seconds these are the dates for this week march 2nd all the way through march 8th something that happened on these rock and roll dates let's have you do monday my loving wife go
1: March 2nd, 1955, Bo Diddley has his first recording session at Universal Recording Studio in Chicago, where he laid down Bo Diddley. March 3rd,
0: 1973, Slade's Come On, Feel The Noise enters the U.K. at number one, making Slade the first act to achieve this since the Beatles.
1: March 4th, 1977, CBS released The Clash's self-titled first album in the U.K., CBS in the U.S. refused to release it until 1979, and Americans bought over 100,000 imported copies of the record, making it one of the biggest-selling import records of all time.
0: March 5, 1965, the Manish Boys released their debut single, I Pity the Fool.
1: Pity the Fool? I
0: know. Go Go ahead and make your jokes. Featuring a young David Bowie.
1: Then on March 6, 1970, Charles Manson, my hero, released an album called Lie to help raise money for his self-defense in the Tate-LaBianca murder trial. The album jacket was made to look like a cover of Life magazine with the letter F removed from the word life.
0: Did you hear that the, the girl star... That was supposed to marry him. Yeah. No longer is going to marry what him. Happened? Manson called it off because it was found out that she didn't want to marry him because of love. No, she wanted to marry him because when he died, she wanted to put his body on display in like a circus and have people pay to see it.
1: I would pay. I
0: swear. I would pay. <laughs> would you really?
1: Is there something wrong with me? You're
0: a sick puppy. Uh, March 7th, 1987, the Beastie Boys became the first rap act to have a number one album in the U.S. with their debut album, License to Ill. And then March 8th, 1966, Lulu becomes the first British female singer to appear behind the Iron Curtain when she tours Poland with the Hollies. All right, back to the first bands of very famous people Green. By the group wreckage back in 1969. Keep an ear out for the unmistakable voice of Freddie Balsara. Freddie. Any idea yeah, who Freddie Bulsara is? The
1: only Freddie I know is Freddie Mercury. That's it.
0: Freddie Mercury. He is on vocals, and once again, in the same way that you could not miss uh, Steven Tallarico, you can't miss Freddie Mercury. And it sounds like this on Rock School. Rock School radio show coming out of Green by Wreckage, where you had no choice but to hear Freddie Mercury. Nice. Let's move along. There is this band from 1968 called the Valentines. Precious, you know? I love it. Girls love it. Not a question. You're a girl. You love it. I love it. Fine. Their lead singer was Vince Lovegrove. <laughs> Vince Lovegrove, ladies and gentlemen. It's,
1: this is getting weird.
0: Vince Lovegrove, ladies and gentlemen. Vince right now is wearing a vest and sitting on a bar stool somewhere with large mutton chops and buying drinks for everyone. He's working the circuits. He's and, very
1: happy. Right.
0: Vince has got, you know, Vince and the Lovegroves, and Vince is telling everybody that at one point in time, he split the lead vocalist duties in the Valentines with Bon Scott.
1: No. Yes.
0: Bon Scott, the original lead singer of Ak Dak.
1: Go ahead, Vince.
0: That's right. Vince, right now. Yeah, Vince.
1: right, Vince. We all believe you, buddy. <laughs>
0: Vince in the Love Groves. Goes out on the weekend, he gigs, and during the week he works at the Foundry somewhere in Australia. But for that short while with the Valentines, I don't know if this is true. I'm making all this up about Vince Lovegrove. He could very well be a very nice man.
1: Vince is a nice guy. He's Has a nice to guy, be.
0: right. He, uh, he takes the bus. He's a very nice man. He, for a while, was in the Valentines with Bon Scott and this is the song I Can Hear the Raindrops. Because when you think of Bon Scott, you think of the group. I
1: think of love. The
0: Valentine's Valentine's I Can Hear the Raindrops. And I don't know, Justin Bieber-ish type stuff. It sounds like this. On the highway to hell here in Rock. My mind can't see and my eyes can feel the right. coming into the second break here on Rock School I've got so many to play it's it's not enough to do a whole second show
1: Are we running out of time We
0: are running out of time we're uh, at about 42 or so well you don't want to miss Michael Bolton no, I don't. No, you don't. I have to play Michael Bolton. And for those of you out there who are thinking, oh, I'll reach for the channel changing knob, don't. You want to hear this Michael Bolton song. We will song. break your hand. We will reach from the radio. Here are some. Go to YouTube. You'll find them with no trouble whatsoever. There's a band called the Scenery Thread of Time is what you're looking for. Keep an ear out for Ian Hunter, later of Mott the Hoople. Right. All the young dudes carry the news. Ooh, you're a pretty good singer. Thank you. Uh, that's who you're looking for. There's also a band called The Herd. This is one you probably know if you're a real rock fan. Peter Frampton was the lead singer of The Herd. Right. If you really want to hear something that sounds like Peter Frampton, uh, look for I Don't Want Our Lovin' to Die. That's going to really be Peter Frampton. Also, if you're a fan of Kiss... I am. You probably know that... Before Kiss became Kiss, they were Wicked Lester. At least Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, or Stanley Ison before he became, you know, Paul Stanley. Um, wicked Lester was the name of the group. Look for Keep Me Waiting.
1: We have to stop now.
0: You can't miss it.
1: I, I have to laugh.
0: Why, Wicked Lester? I think that's it's, a great name for a band. It is a great
1: name. It's a great name for a lot of things in life.
0: <laughs> wicked Lester? It almost sounds like something you do like on a Friday night. You know, <laughs> Hey, bartender, what's that? You got a Wicked <laughs> Lester? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm all uh. out of this alcohol it's a shot right wbsd burlington wisconsin oh thank you for running the radio show you're one of the ones that have been with us almost from the beginning you're good people you take the bus who else do we have
1: how about kpvl
0: Decora. decora decora iowa is my handwriting really that bad it is it is i thought so back in a minute here on rock school Out of the second break Michael Bolton yes do not run from the radio if you're expecting a really schmaltzy version of sitting on the dock oh the bay you're not going to get it Michael Bolton before he became Michael Bolton right he of Benjamin Franklin haircut ie losing hair in the front party in the back was a heavy metal rock singer.
1: I knew that. Did you know that? I did, yeah.
0: Here's the story. He was the lead singer of a band called Blackjack. Here's the story. Blackjack was formed in late 1978 after Bruce Kulick had come off the road touring with Meatloaf behind the Bad Out of Hell album. Kulick and his older brother Bob had done the show backing up Michael Bolton, then a solo artist with two albums under his belt. They decided to... Put together a proper band when Bob declined Bruce accepted and became the main songwriter alongside a few other people and put together this band backing up Michael Bolton the band's manager Steve Weiss also an attorney for Led Zeppelin so these are serious people would bring in drummer Sandy Gennaro and bassist Jimmy Haslip into the fold and complete the lineup The band, which would later be known as Blackjack, was signed to Polydor Records. At the behest of their record company and management, the foursome went on to work with legendary producer Tom Dowd at Criteria Studios in Miami, Florida, to put together a debut album blackjack the album we're gonna play a song from right was released in 1979 to great expectations but ultimately only peaked out at number 127 on the billboard chart
1: and this is one of those situations where where everything was put together correctly it yes, should have happened
0: it should have happened now he Michael Bolton sold about a hundred thousand copies the album's biggest single Without your Love would reach about mm, 62 on the billboard chart but like you said everything was right everything was correct this should have been a rock hit
1: and he is an awesome front man
0: he is I you know as much as you, you want to, to hate it him, to him as much as you want to hate him he is this was where he started with some modicum of success this is blackjack and the song we're going to play everybody's crazy
1: I'm crazy
0: <laughs> here on rocks Final break here on Rock School. I've got two songs that I haven't mentioned or played. Number one is by a group called Smile. 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 And those who are fans of Queen probably already know Smile was the early version of Queen. It was also a version before Freddie Mercury was even in the band. Does
1: it even, does it sound like Queen at all?
0: I don't think it does. In fact, I don't think it has even the same guitar drum sound as Queen. You, you see, you had to have Deacon in there as well. Right. I would have John Deacon in there. And of course you had to have the vocals of Mercury. You had to have... I don't know how to say it. Like you're baking a cake. You had to have all of the ingredients before you had the final wonderful thing. So if you want to hear it, go listen to Step On Me. And again, YouTube will play all of these for you. Go listen to Step On Me. You will hear Brian May guitar and vocals and Roger Taylor drums and backup vocals. Does it sound like Queen? Well, see, I'm a huge fan of Queen. And as a Queen fan, oh, yes, I can hear elements of Queen in it. Can I, maybe because I'm a huge fan, it sounds like an early version to me. Someone who is not as big a fan will probably go, eh, it sounds like a 1960s band.
1: I'm going to check it out.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like an early 60s band, or to me, it's Queen. Ah, yeah, I don't I'll know. let maybe. you know. Right. The one we're going to play... The iguanas.
1: The iguanas.
0: Anybody that you know that got their nickname from iguana? Iguana. Iguana. Like Iggy. Iggy? Iggy. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop exactly. James Newell Osterberg was oh. the drummer for the iguanas, as in Iggy Pop. That's where he got his nickname. From the well, Iguanas. thank goodness
1: he had a nickname.
0: <laughs> you don't think Osterberg would have just uh, rocketed no. him to
1: the top? I don't no? think so.
0: I don't have that he was anything other than a drummer. Now, I'm I'm not a punk guy. I don't know a great deal about punk. But everything I looked for, and I looked for it, I don't believe he's the drummer. Um, pardon me, I don't believe he's the singer of the band. Okay. I have him as the drummer. I don't have that he sang for the iguanas. So I know for a fact the drums you're going to hear are Iggy Pop. The one we're going to play again and again. So there you go. That's about, I didn't count them up, but somewhere in the midst of about 15, 16, early bands of people. The ones we didn't play, go listen to them on YouTube. They're really interesting to hear early stuff and you can really hear the people in them
1: i'm sad i
0: know we're gonna go listen to them so you I can feel i don't want this good. to
1: end I, I i like this
0: i don't have enough for a second show so i'm joe burns
1: oh i who am i, I i'm your know. wife yeah. tammy burns from
0: an earlier marriage
1: yeah. right.
0: oh <laughs> now listen that does it class is dismissed